Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Today's episode is a walk down memory lane from my experience living in Malaysia. I recently answered a bunch of questions over on my YouTube channel, and I thought, first of all, it was super fun to revisit those moments, but also some of you listening may not be as familiar with my time overseas. So Dean and I lived in Malaysia from 2010 to 2014, give or take, and it was a wonderful experience for us. So many memories to highlight. Also, it happens to be Dean's birthday as I'm recording this intro for you, and I decided to take the day off, just do a little bit of work, and do way more family time. So I hope you don't mind this repeat style of episode, and I'm glad you're here. Please stick around. There will be a brand new episode next week with a guest. It's going to be an awesome conversation. So as you're listening to today's episode, keep in mind, it was originally created for a visual platform. So I will leave a link to the YouTube video below if you prefer that. Otherwise, just kind of overlook anytime I'm referencing something on the screen. I think you catch my drift. All right, let's jump into today's episode. First question comes from Leanne. She was saying, I'm always curious to know how YouTubers feel about being recognized out in public. Does this happen often? And if so, how does this make you feel initially? Right off the bat, I feel very flattered. Like I almost forget that what I do is accessible to lots and lots of people. And I think because I started my channel in Malaysia eight years ago, it's like I forget I'm part of the Canadian YouTube crew and Canadian social media. The US kind of dominates in a lot of areas of social media just because of sheer volume. And so when someone recognizes me, I'm always like super flattered. I almost like can't believe that you recognize me. It's You'd have to ask people that have met me in real life. And I have had encounters where people local to me have seen me out but not come and say hello. And honestly, that kind of breaks my heart because I wonder, like, am I giving off a bad vibe that I don't seem very welcome or warm? So to that, I would say, if you ever see me, please come and say hello. I love it. I think it's awesome. And I'm, I'm genuinely just thrilled to meet you guys in real life. Kamira Rosak was saying, the first food you want to eat if more likely when, you revisit Malaysia. And they asked for a suggestion, I hope you can make a video cooking Malaysian food. Okay. The thing that I could never quite get enough of was roti chanai, which is a breakfast, but it's like this beautiful, delicate Indian, like pita pastry thing with this sauce or gravy. I'm trying to think of the right term, um, but it's just like, Mm, it's so good and you dip it in the thing and you eat it and Tay Tarek in fact somebody commented the other day I was like hey what are you guys up to and they wrote having a Tay Tarek and roti chanai and I literally like my mouth is watering so I would love to get my hands on that it's just one of those things that's not easy to replicate this was a great this was a great question from a brand new subscriber so thank you for being here and Hazard and was asking me you know a few questions about my channel and uh, you know what I do and they had caught my reaction video so I'll tackle a few um, this one had made me giggle what's your channel going to be about well it's been here for eight years um, so it has been about my journey through life as a woman as a mother as a partner as just a person of the earth and naturally things that come up 
and happen and we share this journey and we talk about things. And one of my biggest uh, accomplishments truly is when people who have followed my journey for the last eight years and have known me this long as a person on the internet have said to me that really nothing much has changed, mostly just my equipment. and my confidence and likely the way I project my voice because I'm no longer making videos with babies who are napping. So if you catch some of my early videos, I'm often talking very gently because the reality is, as I had kids napping in the background that I didn't want to wake up because I was trying to make videos. So I really do pride myself on being the same person who has grown and developed over the years, but my morals and my belief systems are still in intact. Like I haven't veered too far from who I was when I started. And that means a lot to me, which I think answers the next question, which is, are you going to show your true personality or a character? I like to think I show who I am in my videos. And when you're watching a style like this, where I'm answering questions and it's a little bit more snappy, I think it's definitely a polished version of myself. Trust that I'm cutting out weird things. Like if I scratch my nose or if I cough or if I choke on the air, like all that's going to be cut out. But when you watch the vlogs and you catch me sharing the highs and the lows of real life, you know, I mean, I could just name off so many things. But for an example, in the fall and winter seasons in Canada, it gets quite cool, lots of snow, and it gets pretty dark and the sun doesn't shine as much. And since I've been back in Canada now five years, I have noticed that every year I'm a little bit more impacted by the change in the season. And you see it in my content. I kind of dip a bit. I'm not my high buzzing, bubbly self. I'm a little bit lower. And I think that this is real life. And my intent with my channel is to show a real person, because I think that there is a lot of perfection on the internet. And if you're looking for perfection, you will find it. But I also think that with perfection and the idea of being perfect comes somewhat of a comparison problem. And I never want somebody to compare themselves to me and feel badly or even feel that they need to compare themselves in the first place. So Yeah, I think coming back to integrity, it's just really important that I am who I am and I try to share my journey without shoving it down other people's throats and like, here's what's worked for me. Maybe one of these things might work for you. And that's always my intent with what I do. And I really do feel like I'm your friend and we're hanging out and we're having coffee. And sometimes you get like the really polished, heavily made up version. And other times you get the pajama wearing morning hair Obviously, there's no smell-o-vision, so you're not getting coffee breath, but you catch my drift. Anna K. Malak was saying, can I speak Malay for at least one minute? (laughs) Oh, I wish. I'm trying to think. Okay, so here's the thing. Malaysians, you know this. You guys, many of you speak really great English, which is very difficult as a foreigner because obviously when you're speaking English to me, I'm not learning anything. So the only thing I know is just the cute stuff like... um, my Malaysian is like, have you, <laughs> it's like everything has a la at the end. Like, it's okay, la. Have you, have you had your lunch, la? Like that kind of stuff. Um, and then my husband was explaining that there's like different types of la. Like sometimes it can be a positive la. Sometimes it can be like a, you should know better la. And like that kind of thing. And then you would say, is it salama pagi? Is that right? Terima kasih to say thank you. Um, oh my goodness, how much I forget not being there anymore. I can't even remember the numbers. I used to know the numbers pretty well. Guys, it's been like five years. Um, but it's kind of embarrassing that I did not learn any Malay.
Nazrul Iman says, "What's the biggest difference between life in Canada and life in Malaysia, not including the snow?" Fair enough. The weather is obviously huge. I think the biggest difference. For me personally, and my life the way it was then versus how it is now, you know, when I was living in Malaysia, it was a very simple life for me. You know, here I was. I had a great job in Canada, and then when I left Canada to be with my husband in Malaysia, who, by the way, is Canadian, we met in Canada, and then we moved to Malaysia because of a job that he got in Malaysia with an airline there.、Um, but it was a simple time. It was. Discovering who I was outside of my career that I had in Vancouver, BC, it was trying to find my way, meeting people. We were trying to start a family, so there was that experience. I was doing some travel. I visited a friend in South Africa.、Um, we did some travel within Malaysia. I went to Malacca with a friend. We did、uh, Langkawi. We went to Borneo, Sarawak.、Um, Where else did we go? Singapore,、uh, Bali. No, Bali was later. Was Bali later? No, Bali was before.、I、went to Bali. I had a bad experience in Bali. We'll talk about that. Although I will link some videos if you're curious. We went to Cambodia. Like we did a lot of travel, and I just remember it being a time where all I did was take pictures. I was not on YouTube at that time, so I wasn't. Hooked up to the machine, if you will, because being a person in social media, in the in the way that I do it, means that I'm kind of always on, which I don't mind. I'm an extrovert, and I genuinely love what I do. But there are times where it would be cool to just unplug and not do things. And the time that I was living in Malaysia was very much that. And then when I had my daughter, I was like, okay, I need more. I need more. I need to be working on something and have a hobby. So it was really exciting to have that as an option. But I just miss the simple way. Where you'd get up in the morning and you'd have your breakfast, and it was still cool enough and not too hot. I would take my daughter or myself before kids, and I would go swim at the pool. I'd go for a walk around the botanical gardens in Penang. You know, I would meet up with my friends, have coffee at the mall,、um, walk around, go for a swim. You know, later in the day after a little siesta, you know, maybe go get a hair wash, and walk around Straits Key by the water and. It was just a different way of living. It was very relaxed, and my experience is that in the West, in North America, we don't really operate like that. Like it's hustle, hustle, hustle. It's rush to work, rush home, rush to check your emails, rush to catch your show, rush to get to bed, rush, 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 rush. There's no like it's okay, la, and I miss that. Don't. Cry, girl. So that part, I always get a little emotional when I talk about that side of life because it was so wonderful in that way. And I also have to say that my experience being a white foreigner in Malaysia is likely very different from people who live there and who are born there. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because I have to take that into account. Life just had a different pace, and I miss that a lot. And so when I came back to Canada, it's like I just felt like I had to do more all the time. And I don't know if that's just me. I'd love to know for other people who are watching who have lived in different places if you experience the same kind of thing.、Um, I know there's a video, and I'll link it where I spoke about reverse culture shock. So when I came back to Canada, and some of the emotions that I experienced and the feelings that I had, 
I didn't know were reverse culture shock at the time, but looking back, that's exactly what it was. It was like adapting to a new way of living in a place I was already familiar with. It's very interesting. Culture shock is very interesting. Anyway, okay, I could talk about that for a long time. Let's go to another question. Salman's Fars was saying, when will you be coming back to Penang? So obviously the world is like shut down and we're not going anywhere. But once it is back up and running, my husband is still a pilot and we have passes and I would love to take my kids. I think once Jack is a little older, so Jack is six right now, but once he's eight and my daughter is 10, I feel like that would be a really beautiful age to start going on these trips where they cost a little bit more money, but your kids are actually gonna remember it. So I would love to take them back to Penang, go to Malaysia, take them around, go to Langkawi, rent motorbikes, have a kid on the back, get my my daughter a couple batik dresses and things like there's just there's so many things about Malaysia that is just so culturally rich that have impacted my life and changed me and I would love for them to have that experience because in as much as they were born there and they feel a connection to Malaysia they don't have the same memories as we do they were just little so as soon as we can get back I would love to Hakal Hamid and he says have you tried Hamidia Capitan or Dean Maju Nazi Kandar um, you aren't really living in Penang if you haven't tried this and now I'm looking at the restaurant and the food and oh my god it looks so good looks delicious I'm pretty sure I have um, on Penang Road I'm pretty sure I have but definitely Capitan so we used to live in an apartment called Alila Horizon. So right at the bottom of that hill in Tanjabunga was this kind of complex. So there's the big park and then there's the complex and you would go down there and I don't remember the name of the place, but right on the corner and you could get, oh my God, this chili, chili chicken or it was chicken with all of these like, you know, the dried chili peppers. Oh my God, my mouth is like watering with the rice and it was so good. And I love green beans. So I'd always get the green beans. It was delicious. And I love how it was always in a bag. So easy, easy to transport. This question I get asked all the time and I'm so embarrassed. Okay, so the question is, this particular one is from Kamira Rosak and they were saying, do you like durian? I'm so embarrassed, I've never tried it. And let me just tell you why, because I know it's like durian season, I think, you guys have been telling me. Durian is like that big prickly fruit um, and it smells terrible, which is probably why I haven't tried it because I'm a little bit impacted by scent when it comes to food. Also though, I was pregnant for like half the time. <laughs> so I was hesitant, well not hesitant, I remember. <laughs> so embarrassing. So I'm at um, Jezco in the mall on the other side of the island near close to the airport and I'm pregnant, like newly pregnant and I had really bad, not morning sickness, but nausea to the point where like I, sh I didn't even want to leave the house. And so I'm walking through Jezco and all of a sudden it's like I got smacked in the face with the smell of durian. And it's not even like the durian was that strong smelling, but when you're pregnant that you like your scent, you can like just things, everything smells like something. I had to like run out of the store. I'm like dry heaving. I think it impacted my brain and I, I just couldn't try it. And then somebody was like, oh, it tastes so good. It tastes like custard. I do not like custard. I don't like the texture of like pudding and custard and blah, blah, blah. So I never tried it. And I'm embarrassed because like everybody loves durian. However, what I did love, so there is that tropical fruit farm up, um, where is it? You know the tropical fruit farm in Penang. Anyway, I tried this fruit called chiku, 
I'm pretty sure it's called chiku. And it's like this little, it looks like a kiwi, but it's not a kiwi. And when you taste it, it tastes like brown sugar. It is so good. Loved that. Dragon fruit, mm, anything dragon fruit, full of fiber. I'm pretty sure I ate a papaya every single day. When I was pregnant, 100%, I ate like an entire papaya to myself. I would cut that thing open, scoop out the seeds. I'd get a lime and squeeze lime on top of it and just every morning. Oh my God, I loved papaya. So here's another cool thing. So where we lived, okay, you have to tell me if you're in Penang. So if you're in Penang and you're going into Tanjabunga, I can't remember the name of the street, but there's like this uh, German restaurant and oh, they have such good pork schnitzel. Pork schnitzel. <laughs> a hard word to say but in that little area you would kind of like drive up there was like the little pharmacy style thing this German restaurant well there was always the fruit guy stand and so I would get my coconuts my coconut water my mangoes my tiny baby bananas all my fruit pop that in the car and then you drive home I miss that the fruit guy like that was incredible sometimes all you need is fruit and you would just stop at the guy and here's a funny thing when I was pregnant I could not get enough coconut water like I was always so thirsty obviously it's super hot and you're sweating and so you're pregnant it's like you're even thirstier so Dean got himself a machete, which sounds a little dramatic, but you know how you get a coconut and you like chop it like this and you pop off the top. And then, so what we would do is he would, <laughs> he would buy all these coconuts, a bag of coconuts. So you get the coconuts and we'd bring it home and then he would spend like an hour and he would <laughs> chop all these coconuts up and then fill jugs. <laughs> so, so funny. He'd fill jugs of like glass jugs for juice with this co coconut water so it would be cold because I'm a princess apparently but I just loved it it was such a treat and it was very inexpensive because coconuts are all over the place so that was lovely Kim Kim was saying Amanda what was your favorite food in Malaysia okay this was this is a tough part because there were so many delicious things but I dream about soup filled dumplings so it comes out in the little, you know, like the little wicker baskets with the lid. So it comes to the table, you got about six in there. And you get your spoon. It's like that like ladle looking spoon, right? And you get your chopsticks and you go in and I kind of like poke a hole. So you've got the chop, <laughs> I'm getting all into it. So you get the thing on the thing and you poke a hole and then I would suck out. I had a whole system of how I like to eat them. I would like suck out the soup and then eat the dumpling. Oh my God, it was so good. So I loved that. I love this is not even malaysian but kind of is like i don't think you can eat chicken that tastes as good as chicken tastes in malaysia and also like for people who are not accustomed to grocery shopping in wet markets it would throw you off like the chicken raw chicken is like piled high outside <laughs> or in a store and you got to like pick at the chicken and put it in a bag which was really strange to me at first I must admit because when you're in Canada it comes like in a little silicone container wrapped in plastic and so it feels a little bit less like you're touching chicken but here's the thing not once did I ever have any sickness related to food in Malaysia that chicken was the perfect chicken every single time. So we would go to, what was my favorite restaurant? I'm having forgetful moments here. Dang it. I gotta ask my husband, one second. It's Nando's, oh my gosh. Okay, so I ate Nando's pretty much every time <laughs> that I went to the mall 
Gurney Plaza, I would get Nando's. Like, I wasn't even hungry. I was going to Nando's. The chicken wrap, pretty much like spicy or extra spicy because I love a good spicy food. Um, it was so good. To the point where <laughs> I used to order Nando's so much that the delivery guy kind of, we kind of became friendly. Like we knew each other because he was always delivering me food. So that was different. I loved uh, like, you know, the Thai style, you know, chicken skewers with the peanut sauce, roti chanai. I love Indian food. So like, oh my gosh, tandoori chicken or butter chicken or um, what is that dessert? It's called jalebi. Listen, I don't love sweets, but there's something about this kind of sweet. It's like soaked. So it's like a crispy kind of pastry. And then it's soaked in this sweet syrup. Oh my God. The one thing that I had the hardest time that's just so different for flavor is that, so in Canada, we tend to do a coffee that's a bitter coffee. So I don't put as much sugar and it's it's like kind of bitter tasting, but then a sweet dessert. Where I found in Malaysia, it was the opposite. You'd have a very sweet coffee, like a, like a flat white, and it would be very sugary. It was hard to get a coffee that didn't have sugar in it. And then the desserts were not as sweet. So that was different for my taste buds. It's like sometimes I would be craving like a donut or a sweet like a really sweet piece of cake, but it was hard to find that because it was just different flavors. I loved bubble tea. We'd always get bubble tea at the mall, my daughter and I. Um, she always enjoyed eating the tapiocas. She still loves bubble tea. Um, what's that beautiful dessert with the shaved ice and like all the pretty things? What was that called? Oh my gosh, I'm having flashbacks now. Kachang, am I saying that wrong? Ice kachang, ice kachang. Anyway, it was so good. It's like the red beans and all that stuff. It was just fun to eat, so that was pretty fun. Tayteric, loved it. I loved me a good tayteric, um, which is like a pulled tea. So if you ever saw anybody making it, they have the cup and they do this thing and it, like it pours into the thing and it's really good. I loved going into Georgetown on, what is that road that I loved? I can see it now. I would park in one area and then I would walk down and there was like the red bars. I'd walk past a Chinese temple and then there were all these little cafes. Oh, I loved, what was that street called? Moon Tree Cafe? Oh, maybe that is it. On Moon Tree Street. Yes, that's the one. Oh my God, you guys, I really miss Penang. You know, you never know. I may end up in, in Malaysia when I retire. Muntree Street was probably one of my favorite streets in Penang. I loved walking around there. Then you could go to like, there was a couple streets over and you could go to a few of the art galleries and there was that nice uh, jewelry designer there. And I just loved, it was like new places kept popping up, which was incredible. I loved how people would come and start new gigs and new places. But I miss that stuff. I miss the adventure of it. I miss the smells of places. I miss, um, Everything was just pretty freaking awesome. And it is such a special time in my life. Like I had my kids in Island Hospital in Penang with Dr. Narinder, who I love. I have met amazing people from all over the world and had amazing experiences, tried delicious foods. My babies had wonderful first life moments, you know? And there's so much I love about Malaysia. And I'm so glad that all of you guys are here because it's giving me the permission to talk about my life while I was there. And I love doing that. So thank you guys for being here. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A. 
today. I hope you got to know me a little bit better. Oh, I suppose the last question is somebody said, are you married? <laughs> yes, I'm married. I'm definitely not on the market, but I do appreciate the lovely comments. <laughs> I'm, I'm locked down. My husband and I have been together for 16 years. We've been married for 10 years. We have two beautiful kids and we're stuck in quarantine. So if we can make it out of this still married, we're doing well. You know what I mean? And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know I certainly enjoy revisiting these special moments in my life. And it's been such a gift to be able to share these moments with you, but also like PS to have all of these memories stored in vlog format on YouTube, edited to music. I mean, so fun. Thanks again for being here. Be sure to follow along on Apple Podcasts if that's your preferred listening platform. And if you do happen to be on Apple, it'd be awesome if you could rate and review today's podcast, maybe even leave a little comment. That'd be really cool. All right, guys, thanks for being here. And uh, I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye for now. <laughs>